Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Four million dollar lessons God taught me about giving. I'm going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. This is a book that many of you have. This is the first book I've ever written. It's called Financial Overflow. And if you don't have it, uh, I'd get it. It's on Amazon. The sixth chapter is on giving, and I break down the different types of giving. Today, uh, last week, I spent a lot of time on the seed, or on the tithe, sorry. And then today, I want to tell, tell you about sowing seed. Tithing is not sowing seed. Tithing is something you owe to God. Let me put it this way. Tithing is determined by God. God said 10%. Sarah said, I need this after an unexpected $11,000 dental bill. I, I guess you do. I don't know if you got a gold and platinum, uh, what do they call those things that the wrappers were? Grill. Golden platinum grill or what you did. $11,000 dental bill. That almost makes you feel like just changing your name and moving to another country. This will help you. This is coming from somebody who couldn't afford to go to the dentist. When my wife's teeth were in major pain, all I could afford to give her was Advil. And then now we have a dentist uh, office that we own. So this will help you. This will help. This will work for anybody. That's the thing with God's principles. God's principles work for anyone who will work them. God is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he does for all. I want you to write that in the comments if you would. God is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for all. Acts 10.34. Sec- now, the tithe is determined by God, 10%. The seed, the offering, is determined by you. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. The Bible tells you about that. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Listen to that. Uh, pretty, pretty loaded three verses. 2 Corinthians 9. Hey, Sean and Durbin, God bless you. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. Remember this. The one that plants a few seeds gets a small crop. Little seed, little crop. What does the King James say? He who sows sparingly. Tiny offerings produce tiny harvests. I, would, I want you, if you would, to write that down because that will help you. That, maybe because I don't have you staring me in the face in person, I, I, I say things that people don't really have the guts to tell you in person. Good morning and Sullivan, man. Mean. Glad to have you. Tiny seeds produce tiny harvests. So if you're a $5 giver, a $10 giver, that's fine. If, but... Basically, what that's going to do is it's going to provoke harvest so that you could give substantial seed that's going to produce substantial harvest. The Bible says so. 
2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, know this, the one that sows sparingly will reap sparingly, will reap tiny uh, harvest. And I know that's a, hey Lorna in Sarnia, Ontario. I know that's something people have never told you. You know, well, something's better than nothing and whatever you have to give, but the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says you can give whatever you want, but know this, if you give little tiny seeds, you'll get little tiny harvests. And basically, that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Most of these lessons the Lord taught me were about coming to a higher place in the importance that I put on the kingdom of God in my giving. But I won't get ahead of myself. Each man must give as he's directed by the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 9. Let me read it out of the King James. Let each man give as he's directed by the Spirit. That's why I've never gone places for honorariums. When the church says, we'll give you a good honorarium. I'm not taking any honorarium. Honorariums aren't in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say let the board of the church determine what they're going to give. The Bible says let each man give as he determines in his heart. This is in the King James. But this I say. He which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So we focused on the negative. Let's focus on the positive. If you focus, if you... um. If you sow generous seeds, it guarantees you a bountiful harvest. So if you would write that in the comments as well. Generous seeds guarantee bountiful harvests. Karen said, good morning, Jonathan. Missed your live meeting in Lancaster yesterday. My daughter went into labor early and her car is in the shop, so she needed our vehicle. I don't want to hear excuses. No. Praise the Lord. Uh, congratulations in advance on the new addition to your family. I'll see you next time. So write that down. Generous seeds produce bountiful harvests. And when God says bountiful, I'll do my best in words to get across to you what's in my heart. When God says bountiful harvest, he means bountiful harvest. I mean, mind-blowing. Mind-blowing harvest. Generous seeds produce bountiful harvest. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, not of necessity. Listen to that. Don't give, if you give grudgingly, don't give at all. It won't do you any good. And God doesn't need it to do him any good. And contrary to what you've heard from many preachers, God's kingdom doesn't need it. The Lord takes care of his kingdom. But he gives you the first opportunity to do something so that he can bless you. He fed Elijah for ra with ravens. He doesn't need people. And God is never in need. The way you hear some people talk in church, you'd think God was a beggar. Like you need to help the Lord. God doesn't need any help. He actually said in the word, 
If I, I own the cattle on a thousand hills, if I was hungry, would I ask you for food? I don't need your help. God owns everything. So giving's not so I can help God. Giving's actually so God can help me. And if you're giving grudgingly, you're, you don't get that. There, that's why the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver because like yesterday, the church we were at, if you were there in the morning service, they said they had a goal to raise $15,000 for something they're doing. And the pastor said, praise the Lord. We've already had 80% 80 of that come in. Well, I did the math in my head. That means 3,000 was left to come in. So I, I pledged that we'll send the 3,000 and send a text to our office yesterday afternoon and they'll give it to them today. I'm not doing that to help them. I'm doing it to keep seed in the ground for, for a perpetual harvest to come back to me. I'm looking for opportunities to give knowing that whatever I let go and put into God's kingdom, it's going to come back to me. And come back to me, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Not grudgingly. Not of necessity. Write that in the comments if you would. Not of necessity. How many know this church has bills to pay and this ministry has bills? That's giving of necessity. The Bible specifically tells you not to have people give that way. I don't understand. How many of you by show of emoji hand either grew up in church or maybe even recently have heard offerings received that way? Well, as you know, this church has bills to pay. We have the lights to keep on, soap in the bathroom, toilet paper, just like anything. That's The Bible tells you specifically that's not how people are to give. For God loves a cheer. That want to make you have cheer. Wow, I, I helped uh, put paper towels in the church bathroom. I'm super happy. No, God loves a cheerful giver. Finnis Dake writes in his Bible, four things a man must do in giving. Number one, he must give willingly from his heart. Number two, he must not give grudgingly. Number three, he must not give of compulsion or necessity. And number four, he must give cheerfully. We covered that. The Greek word, as many of you have heard, for cheerful giver is hilarios which I'm sure is where we get hilarious from. And in our English, it is the opposite of grudging or feeling like you've been forced to give. The tithe should never feel like that, and the offering should never feel like that. Everything that's done needs to be done in faith. Anything that's not of faith, the Bible says, is sin. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That, listen to this, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. So the Bible says that if you do this, <laughs> thanks Nancy, you made my day. I'm 47 and just learned that the Bible even tells you to tithe from you. That's why I cover basic stuff. There's a, there's a lot of people like, like you. They've heard it mentioned or whatever, but nobody's ever taken them into the Bible and, and shown them, A, that it's there, and B, what the reward is for doing it. God bless you, Daniel, Cindy, Roger on the app. 
Glad to have you on today. Today is the $4 million lessons God taught me about giving. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Now write this down. The Bible says that ye having all sufficiency in all things, right? I'll never lack. I'll never, never. If you're writing it down, underline never. I'll never lack. I'll never be poor. I'll never be broke. The Bible says so. If I follow God's plan on giving, the Bible says in the New Testament that I will all, ye always, not usually, always having all sufficiency in all things. I'll never need a car. I'll never need a ride. And I preached that. I turned around at an offering time in Pastor Rodney's church and asked, went to tell someone I need a pen. And I said, let me rephrase that. May I utilize your pen? I don't even like saying I need a pen. I, I'm not to be in need. Never. You can write that in the comments, right? Never in need. That God actually gave us a prescription that erases need. Oh, Cindy, you're going to be in Bridgewater, New Jersey on Sunday. That's great. See you soon. Write down never in need and get that imprinted in your spirit. Never in need. I'll never lack. I'll never be in need. And you should confess that. Sarah, I'm glad you're on today. That $11,000 bill you got hit with is going to end up being a testimony. You're not going to need a GoFundMe account. You won't have to professionally beg on Facebook. You watch what the Lord will do. Start And you start with your confession. I'll never lack. I'll never be in need. That ye having all sufficiency in all things. Remember that's 2 Corinthians 9, 8. I'll always have all sufficiency in all things. And may abound. In the second part, you may abound. May abound to every good work. So I can abound to, to push the gospel forward. To make sure my generation hears the preaching of the gospel. When I hear there's a, a church being built, I'll not only have enough for me, I'll have enough to abound to every good work. That's called overflow. That's why I named this book that I wrote on money, Financial Overflow. I'd love for you to get it. It'll be one of the books I, I give out today, or you can just get it on Amazon. Because now he's trying to get people to get his book. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I already knew what was in there. I, I was the one that wrote it. So I didn't write it so I could have a book. I wrote it so other people could hopefully find out earlier what it took me too long to figure out. God bless you, Jose. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. That's Psalm 112, verse 9. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower. Write that down. God gives seed to the sower. See in Georgia, Roger. God gives seed to the sower. Bible says so, 2 Corinthians 9, 10. He that ministereth seed to the sower. You ever hear somebody say, 
I'd give, but I don't have anything to give. I would keep that to myself because basically you're letting anyone who has a passing knowledge of 2 Corinthians 9, 10 know that you wouldn't give it even if you had it because God said sowers will never lack seed. God bless those who give and those who have not to give. If somebody doesn't have anything to give, there's a problem because God promised that if you'll make yourself a sower, you'll never lack seed to sow. You'll never lack seed to sow. So why don't you write it as a positive in the comments? I'm a sower. I'll never lack seed. That's 2 Corinthians 9.10. Give seed to the sower, bread for your food or bread to the eater, and multiply your seed sown. That must be where they got multiply it to its intended use. Multiplies your seed sown. So you, the seed that you sow multiplies. The Bible says, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Verse 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. Being enriched in everything. Write that down. The Bible says that this prescription that God gave you will cause you to be enriched in everything. These people, these people tell you that if you do what God said, he'll make you rich. First of all, God said it plainly in Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes a man rich, and he addeth no sorrow. Then in the New Testament, God didn't make a bunch of bad investments between Malachi and Matthew and lose his money and then stop talking about prosperity. He's the Lord God, and he changes not. He's El Shaddai in the Old Testament. He's El Shaddai now. And he said, if you follow this plan that I have for you in sowing, you'll be enriched in everything, your home, property ownership. And I don't want to get sidetracked, but whether I want to or not, I always end up getting sidetracked, so I might as well just, just do it. You've heard me talk about this before. You know, to care about money, you say, I don't care about money. You don't care about people, and then you don't care about, you also don't care about your own family. Because for all the bad things people can tell you about money, I can tell you a lot of good things. I was listening to a, another preacher. I like what he says. He says, money gives you the ability to create experiences for yourself and for others. And I guess we can throw the word pleasant in there. Why is God interested in enriching you? How many of you know anything that God gives us, it's for his kingdom? No, that's not true. The Bible says he gives us seed to sow, but he also gives us bread to eat. So you hear sometimes people saying, so what are you, a sower or an eater? You're both. If you don't think you're an eater, try not eating for 50, 60 days, and I'll see you in heaven. You need to eat. You're not a pawn in God's game where he uses you just to funnel money to other people or to win souls. God actually loves you and cares about you. Having not withheld his only son, how much more will he give us all these other things to richly enjoy? God cares, right, right in the comments, God cares about me. God loves me. God's as interested in what I'm going to have for lunch as what those kids were fed that we fed this morning. He loves me just as much as he loves them. 
In fact, I believe more, but you can't prove it from Scripture. But I've always felt like he likes me best. But I don't teach that because it's not in the Bible. But I, just so you know, on the inside, I feel that way. God likes me the best. Money gives me the ability. I want you to write this down. Money gives, Otherwise, you won't value money. Money's not important to me. Anything that's not important to you, you'll never have. Afternoon, Ms. Green in the, in the UK. Money gives me the ability to create ple pleasant experiences for myself, my family, and others. Good to see you on Periscope. Chinua. Lena said, I pray for help to stop worrying about money. I promise you by the time I finish, all worry will be gone. God has a prescription to, to master money, to have dominion over money. I'll, I, I, sorry to have you write so much, but also I'm not sorry. Write in the comments, I have dominion over money. Money does not have dominion over me. I have dominion over money. It doesn't get to determine when I go to sleep and when I wake up. It doesn't get to determine what I think about, where I can go. I have dominion over money. It does not have dominion over me. Money gives me the ability to create pleasant experiences for myself, my family, and others. It's the difference between your kid going to a school where they could get stabbed by a gang and get a crap education by a teacher's union that doesn't even care about kids or their education or to go to a private school. Money's a protector, and I'm not, I don't mean to get into all this. If you're on government assistance, the doctor tells you what shots you have to give your kid and you're not allowed to have a say in it or they'll take, depends on where you live, take custody of your kid, take them out of your house. If you're me and they say, well, we want Camila to get these shots, I say, well, I'm not having her get three of them. Well, we insist. You can insist all you want. It's not happening. Well, we, we okay, want me to get a lawyer and sue you personally? Oh, oh, oh no, we don't. You know, back down. You have money. It's different. There's a different set of rules for people that have money than people that don't have money. You can whine about it, but that's how life's always been. That's how life will always be. And thankfully, God's not an idiot, so he made a plan to make you the head and not the tail. So like Abraham, the Bible says in Psalm 112, they'll have riches, influence, and honor. Riches and influence go hand in hand. I never had any politicians call me and ask me to go out to dinner with them. But it's interesting how now that God's blessed our ministry this last election, some of the uh, politicians that were running for national office got a hold of me. Really would like to meet you. And then when I, when I met the man, he was a great, great guy. He said, the last three campaign stops I was on, I had people t tell me that I need to meet you. That's influence. I wasn't calling him. Riches, influence, and honor. Psalm 112, the Lord said that's part of your portion in redemption. Not to have everything dictated to you, that God will actually put you in a place 
Imagine if the laws of your nation were not being written by people that hate church, hate you, hate the family, and hate children, and hate the Bible. What if the laws were written by people that were righteous and wrote righteous laws? You're welcome, Vanessa. What a great group of, of agreeable people we have on today. All right. Money creates pleasurable experiences. Let me tell you, there's a big difference if I have to preach. Driving, so let's say I have to preach in Texas. There's a big difference having to drive to the meeting in a car that's basically meant to be used locally to get me from home to work that's good for about 15 or 20 minutes and should not be taken on long trips. Break down. Don't tell me it's not going to affect my mood and how I preach while I'm there. I'm sore. There's a difference between walking to Texas, taking a bus to Texas, driving my own car to Texas, taking a flight and coach to Texas, taking a flight in first class to Texas, or chartering a plane to Texas. Six very different experiences. Money gives me the ability to create Pleasant experiences for myself, my family, and others. What's up, Cato Mil Cato Mills? It's great meeting you. The ability to create pleasurable experiences for your family should excite you. If it, you know, if that doesn't interest you, you and I just aren't probably going to get along. It should make you happy to bless your wife. I have something coming in for Valentine's Day today for my wife. I'm, I'm excited about it. It's supposed to come in tomorrow, and then they moved it up a day early, and I'm happy. Can't wait till it comes. And I got these flowers coming. They come Wednesday. They come in this big, like, like ball and it's red roses and then the roses in the middle have, are uh, covered in gold and they last one year as a centerpiece. I love my wife. I'm looking forward to her opening that up and seeing it. I like doing nice things for my daughter. If, if you don't get interested in creating pleasurable experiences for your family you're probably going to get divorced. And your kid's probably not going to like you. Something's wrong with your head. There should be a desire in you to, you know, the Bible says that God blesses people, but it says we should do good to people, especially those that are in the household of faith. So God blesses his own household. And if you have the nature of God, you shouldn't be lecturing. I have no desire to lecture Camila about what we're not able to do because I'm a preacher. That's not in the Bible. Well, Camila, you have to understand that some people can can go to Disney World because, you know, they serve the devil. The devil's very good to people, but we serve God, and God is really not a good person at all, so we'll never be able to do fun things. Might as well just come out and say it. That's what you're saying when you say stuff like that. As if the devil treats people better than God treats people. I didn't expect to be treated worse when I, when I 
changed teams and came over to God's side than the devil did. Although that, that's how many people believe. How many know when you're out in the world, life's so fun? No, actually, if you talk to people that are out in the world, they're not having that much fun. So even that part's not true. The world has so much pleasure. But you come over to Christianity. You say goodbye to fun. No, actually, I'm having a lot of fun. I had fun yesterday. Getting saved is not a downgrade. Getting saved is an upgrade. Love you, Cindy. Thanks for watching on the app. Love you very much. When you follow Jesus, life is supposed to become more abundant. Life more abundantly. I've never had alcohol, but I read a tweet from a, a former athlete that's in his 40s now. And he said, I, I think it said, I gave up alcohol six years ago. Do you know what I miss most about it? Absolutely nothing. He's not a Christian as far as I know. So I'll just take his word for it. If he drank all he wanted and quit and is glad that he did, I'm not going to start. I'm going to enjoy Jesus. I'm going to enjoy what the Lord gives me. And the Lord is a giver. God is a giver. God is a builder. Praise the Lord. Let me read one more scripture, and then, then I'll get in on the $4 million lessons God taught me about giving. Let me do this in the middle, because not everybody's able to stay the whole way through. Just today... I'm going to make those three financial books available to everyone who gives. Any seed of any size. Number one, my book. Number two, Bishop Oyedepo's book. Number three, Mike Murdoch's book. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, these will fortify it and give you more. They'll help you. They've helped me. Those are, those are uh, life-changing books. Turn to, I'll send you all three for your, whatever size seed you sow. Turn to Psalm 127. Praise the Lord. I don't know if it's left over from last night's service or what. But I just feel such a, a wonderful anointing. Makes me feel good. Makes me feel happy. Thank you for your seeds. Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds a house... The laborers labor in vain. Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds a house, the house, they that labor, labor in vain. So out of that verse, I want you to, to write this down. Write, God is a builder. God is a builder. Man, a lot of givers today. God is a builder. 
and then I want you to write, because it says unless the Lord's building it, you labor in vain. So that, A, lets you know God's a builder, and then B, write this down. God is building something for me. God is building something for me. Now, I know I've had you type and write a lot of stuff, but I'm not sorry and I'm not going to stop because I want you to have this and not forget it. And writing, writing it down gets it in you. Write this down. If I follow God's plan, if I follow God's plan, I'll never build for God. I'll watch God build for me. The way you've seen things done is not the way it has to be done, and it's not the way God wants things done. Raising money, and you don't have to do it. If you follow God's plan, you'll never build anything for God. You'll watch God build for you. Even the things that are in his kingdom that he's assigned you for, you'll watch the Lord do it. If I follow God's plan, I'll never build for God. I'll watch God build for me. He'll do it. Unless the Lord builds it, they that labor, labor in vain. Just watch the, the Lord do it. Do what he tells you to do, and he does the building. Praise the Lord. God will, God's a builder. God loves building. He created the earth. He built a city that we're going to get to see in the millennium. Tells it in great detail what kind of all the materials that are used. He gave the instructions for how the temples to be built. Wanted it in a, God likes building. God likes buildings. How many know the building's not important? Buildings aren't important. Uh, did you buy a Bible that has all the parts about the temple ripped out? God actually likes nice buildings. God likes buildings. God's into building. God's into building, and God's into buildings. Praise the Lord. I do these programs to help you, but sometimes it helps me. I got home at four, uh, four, four something in the morning. So I thought in my natural mind, you know, I'll just take Monday off. But I'll take the rest of the day off till I'll check the news. But it's good to get in the Word. It's good to get in the Word. It's good to be with you. God's taking us somewhere. God is building something. I want you to lift your right hand and say it, and I want you to type it too. Thank you, God, that you're building something for me and my family. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're building something. God's not a subtractor. God's, a, uh, God's not an adder. God's a multiplier. Thank you for building something for me. You said you tried to get your mother-in-law to come, 
but she's afraid she knows the Lord will touch her and she's afraid to cry in front of people. She just had her wear a mask and goggles. No one can tell. Thank you, God, that you're building something for me. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what's never entered into the heart of man, that's what God has reserved, prepared for those who love him. If you think that's only talking about heaven, you need to read the Bible. God has a reward for you now on this earth. Four million dollar lessons God taught me about giving. Number one. There's a preacher by the name of Dr. Leroy Thompson. He was preaching in Virginia. And I lived in Maine and I went to go see him. It was on a Friday night. Dr. Leroy Thompson, how about this? Everybody that gives, I'm going to send you a fourth book. I don't know why I've never given this one away. Money Cometh. Money Cometh. Dr. Leroy Thompson. When you get the picture, you can put it up. I don't expect you to have it on file. Well, he's a... Rip, he's a known prosperity preacher. I didn't believe in prosperity, and I had the bank account to prove it. God bless you, Tyra. I pray that seed you just sowed gives you a permanent promotion and pay raise. And I don't mean like two extra dollars an hour. I mean like a different realm in salary. I didn't believe in prosperity back then. He wasn't the guy that was supposed to preach originally. It was Brother Shambach and Brother Shambach. So I'm going to throw that book in with the other. So you get four books today for any size seat. And I hope you won't just put them on a shelf. I hope you'll read them. Money cometh to the body of Christ. It's a revelation and a prophetic word. D different kind of book. Do me a favor out of curiosity, not that it matters, but tell me the Amazon rankings of all four of those books. I'm just interested, including mine. We'll see how, how far uh, behind the big boys I am. When I was in that meeting, this is the $4 million lessons God taught me about giving. I call them million-dollar lessons because... They took me from a minus bank account to millions. So maybe each lesson was worth a million, probably more. As he was speaking, I started to see it was actually the first time somebody ever laid out prosperity from the Bible to me. I'm talking, he must have preached. Well, thank you, Marianne. Love you. Love you in Canada. Thanks, Dave. Sarah, 
You got that bill and you sowed anyway. I curse that debt in Jesus' name. I curse that debt. I command it to go away. Up to God how? I, I, I come into agreement with you that the, you'll, you'll never have to pay one dollar of that. In Jesus' name. It was the first time I ever heard anybody lay from Old Testament to New Testament, probably preached an hour and 40 minutes, that it's all through the Bible. It was impossible to see that and not, not know it's in God's plan for me. I had $72 to my name. Love you, Miriam, in the Netherlands. I like how you guys are rising up against uh, the lockdown. $72, the Lord spoke to me, give it all. I Back then, it wouldn't have mattered if anybody gave me money because I was on salary with my dad's ministry and any money that came in went to that ministry. And then I received a salary on the first, uh, pay on the 1st and 15th of every month. The Lord didn't say to give out of the ministry credit card. I can't do that without permission anyway. Give your money. $72 cleaned me out. It was very hard to give it. I wasn't getting paid for another eight days. So I figured I'll just I'll fast the next eight days. I had filled my car up with gas before the meeting, so I could just be careful not to go out that much. And then... Um, on my way back to the seat, somebody gave me $1,000 for me, and I was not preaching there. And I was in my mid-20s. No one cared about me, but God cared. Lady stopped me on my way back to my seat from the offering and said, how can I give to you? And I said, I'm not with his ministry. You know, preachers don't like it if they see somebody in the, in the aisle stopping people that are coming forward and taking checks from them. So I, I felt awkward anyway. I said, oh, I'm not with his ministry. I know. She said, I'm, I'm giving to his ministry, but I also felt the Lord tell me to give to you. So I said, make it out to Lost Lamb. That's my dad's ministry, Lost Lamb. She said, no, the Lord specifically told me that money that I'm to give you is not for his ministry, it's for him personally. I had never heard anybody tell me that. People always told me the opposite. This is not for you, this is for the ministry. I said, are you, well, I never heard anybody talk like that. So I said, uh, are you sure? I said, you won't get a tax receipt. And she replied, I don't want a tax receipt. Okay, money cometh. And again, they sell their books other ways, so it's not like who's winning, but I'm just interested. Money Cometh is 495276 Bishop Oyedepo, 103864 Me, 560000 something So I lose 
by a mile. And then Brother Mike's book, 108,039. Well, that lets you know people have terrible taste in books. Because those, uh, the other three, forget mine, but those other three should be in the top, top 20 at, at the worst. Meanwhile, will my pet be in heaven? Or a vision I had of my pet in heaven is probably like 61st. That lady gave me a check for me personally. I went back to my seat, opened it up, and it was a check to me for $1,000. I went to the bank and cashed it the next day, and I learned a lesson there. This is lesson number one. When God speaks to me about giving, it's not to help the preacher, it's to help me. When God speaks to me about giving, see, I thought the Lord was trying to empty my bank account but then when you think about it, Dr. Thompson flew to that meeting on his own jet. He probably burned more fuel, more than $72 worth of fuel from the time that I walked from my seat to give the $72 and back. So my offering wasn't helping him. He's on a different level. That seed... And that was the first time after being a Christian for 20-some years that I realized when God speaks to me about a seed, God bless you, Diana. God bless you, Krista. When God speaks to me about a seed, he's doing it not to remove what already isn't enough. Well, you're already broke. Let me just make you totally broke. No. Jonathan, Quit trying to survive on $72 and put it in my hand and watch what I'll do. I went to give in the offering and I wasn't even a hundred air. And when I sat down, I was a thousand air. Felt, I felt so rich. I felt more rich then than I did now. It's, it's amazing, you know, if you're used to having like $20 in your account. You know, I was thanking the Lord yesterday. I stopped at a rest area. If you're from overseas, we have a sandwich place in the United States called Quiznos. And they had a Quiznos in the, in the rest area. And I remembered when my wife and I lived in Virginia, I went to go buy food at Quiznos. I don't know whether they ripped me off or what, but it ended up like a sandwich, a bag of chips, and a drink ended up coming to like, like $48. And it like hurt us. Right? Like we, had to, we had to like come back from that took us like another two paychecks to get right because I splurged at a sandwich place. Those days are over. Those days are over. I took a lot of people out to eat after church yesterday at a fine dining establishment called Cracker Barrel. And I don't, I don't feel it. I, you know, I paid for everybody. I don't, I don't even feel it. I actually start looking for other people to pay for it. I, I actually always scan to see if there's preachers on Sunday afternoon so I can pay their meal. I did it in Louisiana, and the preacher I paid for came to hear me preach Sunday night. Super nice guy. Brought people from his church. Where you're at now is not where you have to stay. You can literally... Give your way out of poverty and you can break the back of poverty 
with a seed. The first lesson I learned is that when God speaks to me about a seed for me to sow, the primary beneficiary is not the person I'm giving to, it's me. That changed my giving. God bless you, Daniel. Because now, I love you, Augustine. Because now I look for where to give because it's actually, they're irrelevant. I want you to know, thank you for your giving. I'm going to spend this on um, upcoming evangelistic crusades. That's great. Spend it on uh, packs of underwear from Nordstrom Rack. I don't care. What you spend it on is between you and God. I didn't give it. I'm, you know, and then you need to give a report to me about how it was used. I gave it to the Lord through you, and the Lord will repay me. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Good to see you, Kofi. Proud of you. First Kings 17 with the widow. That's the bridge she had to cross. I, first Kings 17, 12. I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of, of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. For this is... Uh, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said. When it comes to giving, it's not something you believe. It's something you do. She did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days, no matter how much they used, 1 Kings 17, 16. No matter how much they used, there was always plenty left over. That woman, the bridge that that woman had to cross was the bridge I crossed in Dr. Thompson's meeting. How can I give for my country, Nigeria? It's like the third time you're with it. Only Nigerians were, like, are forceful about giving. Most people are looking to not give. Nigerians are great people. We, you can give on PayPal. I think it's the easiest way to do it internationally. If you go to revivaltoday.com and click Give Now, uh... That has all the ways you can give. I'm sure you'll be able to, to find one. That's why the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. The blessing stays with the giver. And I want you to write this down. True prosperity celebrates what it gives, not what it, it receives. Now, you, you can celebrate what you receive, but the, your, your prosperity testimony should be what you were able to give, not what somebody was able to give you. Although I'm going to tell you testimonies about what people gave me, but my, the thing I'm, of all the things I was given last year, the thing I'm the most proud of and that I celebrate is God engracing me to give $800,000 plus away to other ministers, ministries. You know, the pastor yesterday gave me a gift that's one of the nicest gifts I've ever had anybody give me on the road. He gave me the brand new Xbox. I said, you gave me the only thing I don't have that I wanted because I couldn't get it. 
that's not in stock. He got one for me. Very difficult thing to get. Now, if you're watching this years in the future, you'll just have to take my word for it. I was blown away. So I'm thankful. I'm not, I love receiving. But I, if I was going to talk about prosperity, I want to say, well, praise the Lord. Somebody gave me a new Xbox. I probably, I would talk about sending a widow $1,000 a month and the ability to do that. Putting people through Bible school. Taking care of people's apartments and their food in Bible school. Paying for widows. Bailing people out with their rent money when they're getting ready to put on the, get put on the street. I care about that. That, that. that is prosperity. When you read people's biographies, there's not much written about what they owned or what was given to them. There's a lot written about what they were able to do for others. Prosperity is not God meeting your need. Prosperity, prosperity is God financially empowering you to meet the needs of others and bless hurting people and bless people. That's lesson number one. I crossed the same bridge that widow crossed. Oh, this is not God trying to get money from me to do his work. This is God trying to get me in on his plan of giving to make me the opposite of unregenerate humans who keep all they can and steal more. But to be like him and give. And then as I give, it flows back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. God causes men to give to me. Number two, I always like nice watches. In fact, all the men in the Shuttlesworth family that I know of like watches. My grandfather liked watches. One day I was hoping to own a nice watch. A really nice pastor invited me over his house to eat. When I went to leave his house, he handed me a box. I went and opened the box in, in my car and it was a Rolex with the box and papers. I Googled it. It was, it was a Rolex that had gold in it. And it was worth $14,900, according to Google. Hands down, the most valuable thing that I owned. It was worth more than the car I drove. By quite a bit. I thought that was going to be my testimony for life. Fast forward a few months later. I'm in Bishop Oyedepo's meeting in Canaan land, Nigeria. They're having a, sacrifice, a sacrificial seed service, which I didn't know they were having. Should have known, but I didn't. I had nothing I could give that constituted a sacrifice. My bank cards didn't work in Nigeria. The ATM would only let me take out the equivalent of about like 80 U.S. dollars. That's not a, that, was, that would not be a a sacrifice for me at the time. And I was mad that I didn't have anything to give because I knew it was a good opportunity. And then I looked down at my watch to see what time it was, and it was like a punch in the stomach. That's your seed. I took it off. And now I could participate in the service with everybody else. I didn't have to pretend I had a sacrifice. I liked that watch a lot. 
you know, every time I looked at my wrist, it was a reminder of how good God had been to me. But God knew the desire of my heart to have a nice watch, and he gave me a nicer one than I would have had faith to buy if I had $80,000 in the bank. I wouldn't have spent $14,000, $15,000 on a watch. That would, that would make Dave Ramsey have a heart attack. And the Lord gave me the watch you'd have if you were a multimillionaire. And then it spoke to me to give. So I gave it. I put it in Bishop Oyadepo's hand personally. And he said, be blessed. Six weeks later, I was supposed to preach in Massachusetts. That pastor canceled. A pastor in Finland called me and said, I saw that you had this one week where you were supposed to be in Massachusetts, and now it says you're not there anymore. Are you not going there? I said, no. He said, will you please come here to Finland? So I even think of that. The Lord rearranged my schedule to get me to that church. And then a man in that meeting gave a million dollars in the offering. Six weeks after I gave that seed. Leroy Thompson's meeting showed me the value of sowing seed and its purpose. The second lesson that I learned, you remember we read in the beginning, God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. You need the Holy Ghost to help you discern what is seed and what is bread. If I would have made the mistake of keeping that watch as my bread, because looking back on it now, I needed, I should say I required a million dollars to pay for all the crusades we were doing that year. The Lord knew, think of this, the Lord knew I didn't own anything that was seed enough to provoke a million-dollar harvest. So he had that minister give me something, 15 grand worth, that if I sowed that, he who sows little seeds gets little harvest. You're not going to get a million-dollar harvest off a, off a $40 seed. Ain't happening. Even if you got a hundredfold return, that's only $4,000. If you get a hundredfold return on a hundred dollar seed, it's 10,000. So if you'll think of this with me, you actually need seed. If, you're, if you've got million dollar dreams, you can't get there on hundred dollar seeds. We say, I only have a, well, God gives seed to the sower. So then what you need to do is what I did there is realize that some things that you think are your bread the Lord actually may have put in your possession for seed so that you can sow it to provoke the harvest. Million comes in. And then a few months after that, a great championship fighter who's a good guy met me at my hotel after I finished preaching and said a lot of nice things to me, thanked me for my teaching, and then slid a box across the um, hotel Ta uh, lobby table back when you were allowed to sit by people in olden times and, and converse and I opened it up and it was this Rolex and I love this Rolex more than that other one because it was it's a the watch of a championship fighter you can't buy those and then his wife kindly gave me the next day the matching one for a dollar the watch came back 
and it provoked the million for the Crusades that year. Out of that million, I gave 480,000 away because I knew the million would go away if I kept it all. So I put as much as I could back into circulation so that it keeps kicking it back. That was lesson number two. God will give you some things for bread, but God will give you other things for seed because you actually don't have proper seed to sow to provoke the harvest that, you that your dreams require. So if somebody gave you a Lamborghini before I started making that my car, they go, hmm, I could make it my bread or I could make it my seed. You know, if you work a job where you make 45000 a year, you're not going to really have seed out of that job to provoke million-dollar harvest. So sometimes the Lord will, will put something in your hand so that you have seed to sow to provoke the harvest that, you're, that you require. God bless you, Maurice. And again, you have to start now. Don't don't. When I said you can't you can't uh, receive million dollar harvest off a hundred dollar seed, but you can remember my whole story started with a seventy two dollar seed. So you don't just well I don't have anything that's going. No, you start where you're at, but you need you know you can't stay where you're at. I'm not still sowing. It started with a seventy two dollar seed. It doesn't finish with, with a $72 seed. The 72 pro, provoked the 1,000. And you start giving it a higher level, provokes different harvest back. And I think you understand what I'm saying. You have to start where you're at. Everyone has to have a beginning place. Despise not the day of small beginnings. It delights the Lord to see the work begin. Start where you're at. Number three, the four... Million-dollar lessons God taught me about giving. Number three. I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave three out. So it's just, today will just be the three. Normally I add one, so I'm subtracting one. The three million-dollar lessons God taught me about giving. Those other two are from the ones from the distant past. One's from the medium-range past. This one is from the recent past. I want you to hear this because I'm still not over this one. Thanks, Hannah. I was preaching in Hawaii in January. I went to take the offering and I felt the Lord speak to me. Don't take the offering for you. Take it for the church. So I did. That's a sacrifice. Probably cost eight, eight to $12,000 between the flights and rental cars and all that stuff for me and Dallas to go over there. 
So in the natural, you hope to recoup that in the offering. But God doesn't work in the natural. God doesn't work through natural means and natural thinking. Well, for me to not receive the offering, now I only get four offerings instead of, or three offerings instead of four. Then the Lord tells me the same thing the next night. Then the next night. And then told me to sow the offering that was taken from me the first night. So all four offerings went to the church. Well, to make it worse, not only did he not have me receive any offerings, the first night I said, I'm going to give the first 20,000, because the Lord said to do that as an example. The next night, I'm going to give another 10,000. The next night, I'm going to give another 10,000. So I'm on the hook for 40,000, and I get no money. I have 14 full-time staff, 14, uh, 14 people that are, they depend on the Lord, but they kind of depend on me too. So in the natural, that's a suicide. That's financial suicide. Travel at my own expense to Hawaii. And, and Hawaii, Hawaii is not a discount state. Hawaii is not a dollar general state. You, you pay money to get there. You pay money on the high end while you're there. No offerings plus so 40000 that's not a recipe for financial success. That's a recipe for bankruptcy if the laws of God don't work. Did you know there happened to be a banker in that meeting that I sowed the 20000 He talked to one of the pastors and said, what was that evangelist's name? They told him. He said, I've never seen... I've never seen an evangelist do that, give the first 20,000. And that pastor said he didn't just give 20,000. The next night he gave 10 more, and the next night he gave 10 after that. And that guy told that pastor, I'm sending him 40,000 from our bank. Well, there's the 40 back. Praise the Lord. But that's just break even. God didn't say when you sow, I'll bring you back to even. He said, I'll multiply it. Multiplication. That's awesome, Anna. Nalani said, I was there at those services and you encouraged me to give sacrificially too. That's why I announced it publicly. Remember, people say, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, which is in the Bible about giving to the poor. You notice I never put videos up of like, this is, this is Melinda. She was going to be evicted, but thanks to Revival Today, we paid her. You don't, you don't embarrass people. That, that's for, if you read it in context, it's for giving to the poor, almsgiving. But David told a massive offering that he was going to give to the temple. And he said, now who will follow my example? So there's nothing wrong with giving as a leader to inspire others to give so they know you're not full of crap, you know? And that's the only reason I did it. Plus, I do like to say it publicly because then I can't change my mind, which I would. If I got out of the anointing, no, no, wait, I'm not giving 40. Let's give, we'll give, we'll give uh, 1,000. But once I say it, I have to do it. It's on tape and everything. 
40 grand comes back there without any manipulation. That guy was just happened to be there and was impressed by that. Now think of this. If I would have known a banker was there, I could have tried to take a really good offer and say, There's, maybe you're in the banking industry. Maybe you want to do something from your bank. But actually, the Lord knew the key to unlock that man's giving was for him to see generosity. That was what he liked more than a lesson. And then, about nine days later, maybe ten, a man walked up to me. It's just a couple, couple weeks ago. When I started listening to you, I was a security guard that made minimum wage. I started tithing and giving like you said, and today I'm a millionaire. And I wanted to give you this to say thank you. Handed me a check for $100,000 for the ministry. And this is for you and your wife. And he handed Adalis and I a check for 50000 That was just a few, a few days ago. Well, that's one fifty. The other guy that sent, that's forty. That's one ninety. And then another person within that same time frame wired thirty thousand. That's for you and a dollars. Well, I only got a C in math, but two hundred and twenty thousand is greater than forty thousand. My 40, and then if you add up the, uh, what, 10 grand that we spent to get to Hawaiian back and stay there, 50 turns into 220. I wouldn't have had $220,000 come in at that, in that church offering if I took two hours a night on the offering. You don't have to work it up. Obey the Lord. Hey, Fatsimo. Uh, Great job, great job preaching during the lockdown. Proud of you. If I give, I will receive. I want you to write that down. I want it to get like tattooed in your spirit. If I give, I will receive. I mean, 80, you know, I don't know about you. I would be happy with an $80,000 salary. There, and there would have been a time I would have been super happy. To have 80000 of personal income come in by gift, and we're not even, what are we, six weeks into the year? Or not even? And you, you already have received a year's salary from harvest. You actually can go above, you can live above the natural realm. You can live above the natural realm in the area of finances. My salary does not determine how high I can fly. My seeds, in obedience, let every man give as he's directed by the Spirit. When the Spirit speaks to you about giving, it's to put you above the natural plane. Because you hear people, well, I, you know, I, I believe in the blessing of God, but, you know, I only, I, I, in my job, I'm only part-time. They don't understand Whatever you're paid in your salary, that's your employer's civic duty to pay you. That's not the level of your finances unless you choose to, to, to live in that realm. 
The seed sowing breaks you out of natural control of your money. See if I won't open the windows of heaven. Pour you out a blessing that's so great. The only problem you'll have is having enough room to take it all in. Try it and let me prove it to you. Explosive harvest. Amos 9.13. The day is coming where the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. Harvest coming in faster than you can sow the seed. Supernatural acceleration of harvest because the time is short. I mean, for, that to, for that to happen at all is a miracle. For it to happen in 15 days after I sowed it is mind-blowing. I'm still not over it. That's why I'm talking about it. I'm blown away. Blown away. I'm all for budgeting. Budgeting's good. We have a ministry budget. We have personal budgets. But God will blow your budget up. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you this. What I was going to get my wife for Valentine's Day slightly changed after that 80000 came in. I got her some nice stuff. And don't, not, don't even feel it. And didn't even, didn't even put a dent in, the, in that money. And there's more coming. Because that's just some seeds. And who even knows if it was the Hawaiian seed that did it. See, if you just keep doing it, the blessing will come and overtake you. It'll, it, and I'm telling you, you'll hit a place where the blessing overtakes you. And, 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 and it, feels, it feels like a wave overtook you. Like in Hawaii. Like in Hamoa Beach, it's out of control. The month, it's flowing. No matter how much she used, there was always plenty left over. That's where God is looking to take you. No matter how much they used, there was always plenty left over. Financial overflow, over overflow. It's a problem. Toilet overflows. It's a problem. Sink overflows, it's a problem. See, see if I won't pour out a blessing that's so great, you won't have room enough to take it all in. I'll make you a problem. I'll actually make it a problem that there's too much. Not where are we going to get the money, what are we going to do with all this money? Can't keep it all in one bank account. It's only insured for 250000 Never thought I'd have that problem. Too much. Hey, Peter, launch out into the deep and let your net down, and you'll catch some fish. Net break. Boat sink. A cry for help came to their other partners. And soon their nets... We're at the verge of breaking. Too much. Peter came back to shore. Hey, who are you? I'm not worthy to be around somebody like you. 
blow your mind type of blessing. Make other people angry type of blessing. I didn't even have that. Make people angry. I pray the Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray one prayer for your harvest today. I pray that the Lord would embarrass you with blessings. It's actually embarrassing. In the name of Jesus. May the Lord embarrass you with blessings. Too much overflow. A coat of many colors that makes your brothers angry. Too much. Blessing that makes people line up to remind you you don't deserve it. Someone else should have got that. But it's not their call. It's God's call. And it doesn't come naturally. It's provoked. It doesn't come randomly. It's provoked. The seeds I sow today determine the harvest I receive tomorrow. I can pre-program my future by the seeds I sow today. In Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you, when that blessing overtakes you, it'll swallow up debt. Think of it like a wave in Hamoa Beach in Maui. It'll just swallow and then pull it back out to sea. You have, you have $11,000 worth of credit card debt you've been trying to pay off. When 100000 comes in, that number that you've been hitting decline on all the time, you'll answer it with a smile. Um, yes, I'm calling uh, this collection. You, you, we have here your $12,100. Just tell them. I'll give you five today to wipe the whole thing out. And they'll take it. Because they have had a heart attack when you answered the phone. Hadn't heard from you in six years. And you're done with it. That's where you're going in Jesus' name. Amen. That's where you're going. I see Rachel sewing. You make a life for your kid, you know. That's what I'm doing with Camila. Almost all my plans just have to do with Camila. As far as personally, I'm not talking about the ministry. Because I'm, I'm 40 already. The first 40 went like this. The next 40. So really, and whatever the Lord wants to do, I'll receive. But really, it's almost like I'm too late in the game to start planning for me, but I could build for her where she can, she can start at age 18 or, 20, you know, just mess up all the devil's plans. The way the financial system's set up, you have to save up till you're 30 to get married. You got to save up till you're 36 or 7 to have your first kid. Not, not her. She can go little house on the prairie style. Husband work her, stay home. Whatever they want. You do whatever you... You know, you know one of the great things about money? You do whatever you want. <laughs> if I get kicked off a plane for not wearing a mask, I just go charter a jet. Do whatever I want. The last plane that we chartered, 
I said, do we have to wear a mask? The guy said, the plane belongs to you. You can do whatever you want. I like, I like that. The plane belongs to you. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> what time are we leaving? Whenever you're ready, Mr. Shuttlesworth. Ooh, I like that. Can't miss the flight. You think the devil belongs with that money? You think the devil's crowd belongs with that money? Or do you think the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just? I'm looking forward to reading your testimonies. You'll have many testimonies. In Jesus' name, many. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You'll have many testimonies. And they'll come quick. Too quick. It'll overtake you. They'll overtake you. They'll chase you down. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. The life you never knew your children will enjoy. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Praise God. Four books to say thank you. Because I don't take anybody's giving for granted. You know, yesterday at the church in Lancaster, a lady was crying in the lobby and her friend said, tell him. She said, I gave my last $20 in the offering and somebody behind me that, that I don't know gave me $75. I said, I know, I've been trying to tell, tell you. That's how it works. It'll keep coming. Do you know how little I felt like sharing this today? I don't, you know, because I did tithing the last two sessions last week, and then now this. Boy, he must really need money. Actually, <laughs> we have the most we've ever had. But I just feel, you know, I, I can only say what's in my spirit to say. I, I wish, I wish something else was in my spirit, but that's what was in it today. Now tomorrow, I'm, I am going to switch gears. I think you can tell by hearing me that I don't seem like I'm under much pressure, right? Thanks, Belinda. Four books to say thank you to everybody who gives and everybody who did give. Wow, you guys made that already. Great people. Those books will change your life. Now, when you read Leroy Thompson's book, you need to read it in a Cajun accent. You need to, like, read it in, a, in Louisiana English. Just like Bishop White Depot's, you got to read it in British English. British, Nigerian, English. Mike Murdoch's, you got to read it in Texas English. Then my book, you need to read it in sarcasm. That's my first language. And then I, I've also learned English. Great job, Elijah. Love you, Natalie. Love you, Ryan. Trace. Jordan. Lena, Vilma, love you all. Here's the ways to give. Let me read uh, Christy's testimony on the app. <laughs> somebody said, I gave my last 10 bucks at church. I left the parking lot with $100, and somebody invited me to lunch. I'm telling you. 
You can't beat giving. Brother Shamrock used to have a song, you can't beat God giving no matter how hard you try. See if you can find that on, on uh, YouTube and we'll play it. And if, if, if they take our thing down, I'm done anyway. I'll tell you when to play it. You can't beat God given no matter how hard you try. If you can find it, let me know. Christy said, gave a huge offering. What? Let me see Christy's again. Gave a huge offering while you were here in Hawaii. My husband, Mark, got a huge raise at work. We've been able to give during this crazy COVID year and have been blessed. Praise the Lord. Christy, that makes me happy. Larissa said, how do we give? Here you go. Thank you, uh, Rama. On Facebook, hashtag donate, which you've seen several people do. You can text on your phone, RT, as in Revival Today, 50155. Cash app, dollar sign RT give. Revivaltoday.com slash PayPal is probably the easiest way to do it internationally. Thank you, Vicky. Glad you're watching, Patricia. Makes sense, Belinda. And I appreciate it. God bless you. Great job. Broadcasting all over Zambia. Proud of you, Akeem. Kara said, while preparing our taxes for 2020, I noticed our tithing and giving exceeded our total mortgage payments for the year. We never lacked and only prospered in 2020. Uh, you can, Larissa. Go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now. That's the easiest way to give. It's all, all the ways to give are right there. RevivalToday.com, you click Give Now. Amen, Jared and Shere. And then you can mail to Revival Today, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. However you give, claim your offer at RevivalToday.com claim your offer. It ensures we have your name and address and that you're able to get what I told you we'll send you. If you want to call someone, some people like to deal with a person. In church yesterday, somebody held up this Bible and said, I, I'm one of your covenant partners, and I just want to tell you that Jessica is so nice to deal with on the phone. So 412-446-2332. Thanks, Jessica. You'll enjoy them, Paisley. Thank you for your giving. You can continue to give. I'll be on tonight uh, with Check the News. I know, I went over my time. I got kicked off my own app. Oh, I am now. I was only kicked off momentarily. I saw it go to Festival of Life in um, Louisiana, and then someone else said so, too. Did you guys find that song or no?
No, it's Shambach doesn't sing it. He would have it sung in his meeting. Well, we'll try we'll try Billy Preston. I'll be hearing it for the first time. If it's not any good, we don't know. We'll try it together. So there's the ways to give. Thank you for giving. See you tonight on Check the News. I love you very much. Really do. If you've not subscribed to our app yet, do that. Because Big Tech doesn't seem to like old Johnny. Revival today. App Store, Google Play. If they end up taking us off there, you can get us on our browser. Revivaltoday.tv. If they end up taking me off all the internet altogether and like take our servers down and stuff, then you can catch me live in Pittsburgh. I'll just do it in the studio and pack it with people. Then if they won't allow me to do that and they arrest me, you can catch me in federal prison and I'll preach there. Then if they kill me, you can catch me in heaven where I'll keep telling people how wonderful Jesus is. For myself and everybody here at Revival Today, I love you. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy the song. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.